the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. another Monday edition of Lifeline. Sunny weather here in California, especially in the Bay Area. Very happy about it. Very happy about it. And I do want to wish many of you mothers a late, happy late belated Mother's Day. Uh, Yesterday, you know, we celebrated our mothers and grandmothers and daughters and all y'all who are the beginning major beginning component of all of our lives in the world. And we're happy for you. Happy to be able to identify you as mothers. Happy to know that you are real women with real uteruses and real uh, reproductive organs and that are the main vehicle by which we are brought into this world. So yeah, happy, happy, happy belated Mother's Day. You do matter. You matter. You need to know it. And nothing can change that biologically um, or theologically, sociologically, for that matter, as well. Um, Just isn't it amazing that when we consider longstanding traditions such as Mother's Day or Father's Day, all of that is in flux today. When we think about marriage, I was just talking to my engineer about how May and June are uh, months where there is a proliferation of the longest standing institution on the planet called marriage taking place, including my own. And here we are. We are in a flux as to what that is, what it looks like, how substantial is marriage at the heterosexual um, level and how important it is that we understand what kind of threat we are under in terms of these universal norms. These are not just Western norms. These are not your white supremacist norms. These are universal norms. When we talk about how the Bible lays out the origin of creation and the origin of man, within the scope of two chapters eloquently set forth by a God of glory who created it all. And he made the male and female in the image of God created he them. Um, and then he brought them together for the purpose of procreation and dominion over this world for God's glory. This is no small matter, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We are in a very, very difficult transition, humanly wise, not that we haven't been here before, uh, and uh, on some substantial levels we have, we've been in crazy 
periods of um, at least massive levels of, of reset, change, um, flux, difficulty. The Genesis 6 account would render a reset for us as we know it. The uh, flood of Noah's day was a reset. The Tower of Babel being knocked down was a reset. The children of Israel coming up out of Egypt was a major reset. The crucifixion of Christ for the whole world was a massive 2000 year reset. And here we are again going through uh, another major, major uh, toppling of structures and dismantling of norms and uh, restructuring of new ideas, albeit under some extremely precarious circumstances. I like in where we are to Isaiah 57, verse 20, where the prophet says the condition of our world is that the wicked are like the troubled sea where it cannot rest, it's tossed to and fro, and it continues to be tossed to and fro. Um, there is no rest, saith my Lord, for the wicked. That's Isaiah 57, 20 and 21. And this is where we are. We're in a state of restlessness. And people are seriously wondering what's going on. As the world, and especially Americans, who have the most remarkable case of amnesia in the world, I would say are being we're being funneled, as you know, this is 2023. We're being funneled into a vortex of of one once again a myopic fixation on the next presidential election, which is what presidential elections are all about and are becoming kind of distractions from other very serious events and changes going on on the ground. You can already kind of hear the, the groundswell of, of uh, you know, who are going to be the candidates running against Joe Biden. And I would say to you, as important as that may be, these are actually, particularly today, major distractions, major, major distractions, as if a presidential election can save us from our present spiritual demise. Um, America and much of the Christian world has gone apostate from God and uh, and our being sold by our own government to a kind of global agenda that you all can see and you all feel and sense that presently looks like the destruction of nation states. Uh, in other words, goals 2000, Agenda 21, as you've heard before, Agenda 2030, all of these things are um, either mildly clear to you or obscure, obscurely uh, unknown to you. But things are happening in your world. The world is continually being reshaped geopolitically on mass. That, that is on mass into a, again, a kind of one world digital slave system of demoralized human beings. Human beings are being demoralized. And I don't mean demoralized like totally in a state of depression and anxiety. That is abounding too by all metrics, but I mean demoralized in the sense of losing any sense of morality. Human beings are losing a grounding in what constitutes morality. Uh, we are no longer uh, thriving to bear the resemblance of the Imago Dei. Uh, but some cartoonish expression of hyper-individualistic, unisexed, multi-sexed, 
anti-human sexualized, I would say animals. This is where we are. This is why your Bible warned us about not breaking the boundaries and breaking the hedge and engaging in these kind of uh, uncouth and unprincipled practices of sexual exploration, which all spells death of the species when you think about it. Um, I mean, what's going on today is just absolutely uh, remarkable. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, how do I put all of these categories together under a kind of central organizing principle? What would be a concept or a term that would help you make sense of all of the, t- the destruction, the loss of economic stability, the um, losing of uh, rights, the um, again, the uh, erasing and demarcation of the uh, political lines geopolitically? What would uh, these crazy campaigns that have been going on? It's been going on way before uh, COVID, but certainly COVID was a major attempt at what one might say. What in the world is this? This one solution for one problem, which everybody's supposed to have, which would be solved by an injection. And everybody knows that that is not only scientific, non-scientific, it's irrational. Uh, You can never solve a problem by one methodology alone as if all human beings were the same. It's not possible. So what is this about? Well, I'm going to give you a word. It may sound wild to you. But when you think about World War One and World War Two and you think about um, Mao Zedong and you think about. Uh, Mussolini, you think about Stalin, you think about Hitler, you think about the French Revolution, you think about the American Revolution, you think about um, the the major powers, economic powers, the, the longstanding ruling uh, money barons that were behind a lot of this because, you know, we've just entered into nation states the last couple of hundred years. Mostly it's been monarchies and totalitarian systems and uh, uh, aristocratic uh, powers of families, governments our world, what, what is, what's really going on? And this is going to be startling, but it's going to make sense like a second after I say it. It's eugenics. It's eugenics. Just put eugenics on top of all of these different campaigns, events, these, these propaganda agendas that you and I are dealing with. It's eugenics. And, and it may not be eugenics on the ground because on the ground what's taking place is a kind of political movement where all of the different ethnic groups, all of the different socio, uh, um, socio-ethnic categories. And what I mean by socio-ethnic categories is, is all of this um, identity politics that have divided us not only between men and women, but now all of the different sexual categories. And that's all by design because 95 to 98 percent of those sexual categories cannot proliferate. They cannot reproduce. So as much as you might want to fight for being this, that or the other thing, you cannot contribute to the reproduction and population of the world. And that's exactly how they want it. They want you to depart from the fundamental thing that makes you called by God an image bearer of his glory and the capacity to procreate. They want you to to take on the figment of imagination that you can be at the center of your identity, something other than a human human producing creature for the glory of God. This is why today we are bizarrely fighting against uh, 
the uh, trans community wanting to seed and groom and teach our little kids to be like them. Uh, now, the trans community, uh, you know, giving the, the, the quarantine that needs to be put around that behavior can do whatever they want to. But as soon as you get children adopting uh, transgender ideology, they too are moving now into the realm of a eugenics promoter. Because eugenics is all about population control. See what I'm getting at? This is about population control. They have already given us the stats since the last five years, the population has decreased. It significantly has decreased. And we are, we at a certain point, you face real critical mass. China's already dealing with it because they had locked their, their families down to two children. So this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. A couple of really interesting stories I want to share with you. We're going to pay some bills. Uh, um, here's some news. And then we come back. We'll continue on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, happens to be May 15th. 2023, May 15th, 2023. Let me give you the number so we can begin to have the conversation, answer your questions, engage in the relevant topics of the day, um, query into scripture and understand where God would have us to be both in our thinking and our feeling and in our doing. Um, We should think his thoughts. We should feel his focus. We should engage our hands and feet in his will. This is what it means to live for the glory of God. one 367 is the number if you want to give me a call. Uh, we will be having our final rules of engagement class uh, coming this Saturday. Two outstanding weeks. Been a- absolutely enjoyable marriage in terms of privileges, problems, and promises. Um, and it just been really good. A lot of new people, a lot of young people, a lot of older people as well. But we've had a great time dealing with the fundamentals of marriage at the communication level. And uh, we're going to be pressing into um, biblical masculinity and biblical femininity. I think that those are extremely appropriate um, topics uh, relative to what it means to be a man, a woman, and how those two persons are to express themselves properly um, as uh, specific identity markers uh, uh, created in the Imago Day. What does it mean to um, to have a masculinity that is appropriate, that is biblical, that is manly, and that is scripturally based? What is it to have a femininity that is appropriate, that is biblical, that is godly, that is feminine and uh, and biblically based? Um, these are extremely important characteristics, and the reason why is that how we express ourselves is an indication as to how confused we are or clear we are on not only our gender and identity as a male or female, but in terms of our roles before God. One of the things that makes the issues that I'm talking to you guys about right now in this um, intersectionality um Uh, identity politics deconstruction that's taking place in our world is that 
You don't see men as men and you don't see women as women because in this postmodern fantasy world of wokeness and um, everything supposedly being a social construct, you are seeing a complete removal of the norms, heterosexual norms. And this is being done at a hostile, hostile level. I mean, again, I'm going to be talking to uh, one of our beloved uh, at the end of the break on at the bottom of the hour uh, concerning a peaceful protest that took place at Las Positas uh, College this Saturday um, because uh, uh, another group of trans trans people are wanting to read these salacious, completely inappropriate uh, pornographic books, as well as uh, engage in uh, pornographic and uh, seductive um, expressions themselves. None of this is appropriate. And yet here we are having to fight it. And we're fighting it because of what I said last week, drip, drip, drip. The incrementalism that destroys a culture when you laugh at it, when you play with it, when you watch it on TV, when you just let it absorb into your system and harden your heart, whether you know it or not, it ends up having power over you. This is why God said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Where you and I don't see the evil for what it is, it sees your blindness and it will take hold of you. And this is why you and I are wildly in the throes of a real war. In fact, this is a revolution at the psychological level, sociological level, spiritual level. And uh, and we we think it's funny. We think it's cute. But actually, it is almost the last draw before complete takeover is uh, going to occur. So what's going on today? You and I are in a massive campaign of eugenics. You've been watching for decades, even centuries, how um, a total change of demographics of Western countries is taking place. Here are several markers. Here are several metrics by which you can know what I'm saying is not just mere alarmist. Massive and illegal influx of people from all over the world are now in our country. People largely displaced by war, war torn homes in their own countries, and they are privately shipped, um, airported by every means you can imagine, planes, trains and ships to different countries in order to change the political and demographic landscape. Everywhere you go, almost every state in the union, you have all sorts of different ethnic groups here. And ladies and gentlemen, they did not come through our borders. They did not come with passports. And may I say to you, this is happening everywhere in the world. It's turning the world upside down. Why? Because this is, secondly, the destabilization of our countries and our states. Bought and paid for these are what we would call um, paid for, brought in protesters, people who are paid to create mayhem, create major internal conflicts in our cities to change the political landscape. Antifa, uh, Black Lives Matter and every other kind of woke adjutant are homegrown. But what these people are, are people that are shipped in, brought in from different different nations, whether it's Muslim nations or African nations or Asian nations, which largely is Muslim and Asian, have been used 
strategically to change the demographics of cities in France and Europe and England and, and uh, Canada and uh, Australia as well as in the United States. And this is by design. This is in order to weaken our national identity, to weaken who we are as a people. Now, granted, that's one element taking place. Another element taking place that's taking place while all of that's going on in the ground is the massive transformation, transformation of our culture, ethically, morally, and spiritually, educationally, academically, and, uh, and, and, and all of this is happening at the same time. What I mean by that is we're becoming poorer and dumber, less discerning, and therefore demoralized in the sense that we don't even see the threat right in front of us. And it shows up during uh, the time of politics when we're voting for ma uh, major, major issues that we need to be platformed in order to stave off this kind of deterioration of our culture and our world. That's where we are today. We are seeing a transformation right in front of our faces, and we're not quite sure to, to what to do with this. This is taking place again by the power of our government. Imagine fighting to stop trans porn promotion to children in the open, in the classroom. Imagine how far we've gone. And this is yet another strategy for what is called in the Marxist theory, conflict theory, conflict theory. Conflict is given, uh, promoted, it is propagandized. We are divided into different camps and we end up in knee-jerk reactions uh, out of uh, a survival mechanism to go to war with one another. The distraction, the divide and conquer, hate them over there, them hating you because you can hear it um, in the speeches of even the trans porn people. Just because we disagree with you does not mean we hate you. But see, that's all part of the propaganda to keep you fighting. And uh, and oh, while that is going on. Uh, and it's all part of a management process strategy. This is how you control the masses to keep the populace from seeing what's going on with the economy. Global alliance movements, the infiltration of world economic forum practitioners, obtaining levers of power strategically in our um, in our politics, in our business, in our academics to control the masses. And finally, another destabilizing event is on the way. Um, you'll be hearing dog whistles about another pandemic in a minute, and it's going to be telling you you need to run back into the house and put your mask on. This is the drip, drip process of population control by the fast death of pharmaceutical drugs and the slow process death of anxiety and depression through constant conflict given to us by propaganda and chaos. That's where we are today, and you need to wake up to it. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I do have to take a break, pay some reels. I think I got two lines open, one 888 We're gonna be talking about this bizarre thing with uh, Elon Musk in a moment and another World Economic Forum uh, uh, female that becomes the CEO of Twitter, what that's gonna look like in terms of what we already know has been a global censorship project to stop truth from being communicated. You see where we are, you see where we're going. Um, strange things are taking place in your world today and you and I need to open our eyes to it because at a certain point 
You won't be able to speak up. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are back. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giskin. We have, uh, we've got two lines open. one 888 Two lines open. one 888 I was just talking about the uh, censorship that you and I have become accustomed to over the last three or four years. Indeed. And uh, people that don't understand the uh, curtailing of free speech don't realize when totalitarianism is right up on your doors. But they didn't realize it in the days of Hitler. They didn't realize it in the days of Mao Zedong. They didn't realize it, um, you know, in the days when these um, these controllers, these these um, again tyrants, wanted to monopolize what should be said, heard. They didn't realize it in Russia for a long time, and then after a while, as one uh, studious podcaster stated yesterday in, in my hearing, you know you are in a totalitarian system when you don't say what you want to say because you know if you say it, there are going to be consequences that you don't want to face. You know you are not in a free country when that takes place. And and that's something you get trained into. And we saw that happening during the COVID lockdowns. What does freedom of speech have to do with COVID lockdowns other than it becomes a cover for control, which is what I've told you before. COVID is a cover for control. Now, you and I didn't feel it that bad here in, 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 in the West, but go to Canada and go to Australia. Um, and go to even Israel. Don't let me start with Israel because Israel is at the center of a lot of this anyway. But new Twitter CEO posts first tweet after appointment. This is a big controversial issue for most of us who are watching to see whether or not Elon is going to maintain a real um, commitment to uh, constitutional freedom. He says it. But Linda Yaccarino happens to be um, uh, Twitter's new CEO and has posted her first tweet following her appointment. Now, I don't want to get into that all that much. I do want to say that what we all know and what most people who have been speaking out about that appointment knows is that she is completely connected with the World Economic Forum, which are the framers, Klaus Schwab, and the players in the global agenda and the reset and the transformation, um, which will usher in shortly, even while we're speaking, a uh, digital credit central banking system um, here in a minute where your cash will be completely irrelevant. You're talking about total control of people's money. Well, she has been a part of that. Uh, and uh, and now she's going to be the CEO of, uh, of Twitter. And everyone's speculating what that's uh, what that's like. How does Elon hire uh, a, a female of this caliber with this kind of background? She worked for NBC. She's also from the World Economic Forum. Now, all kind of people are going to have all kind of ideas, and you and I can talk about it if you want to. Um, her background is uh, complicated because while she has been part of this, uh, what we would call uh, maniacal uh, group of uh, global leaders. 
Um, she's also had a kind of Mitch Max background, Mitch Max background. Uh, sometimes she's conservative, other times she's liberal, other times she's progressive. Um, so it's not real easy to know particularly what what is meant by um, this this young lady that 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 Elon is bringing on board. Secondly, Elon is himself very, very unique in that he doesn't think in the normal categories that most people do. So you have to be very careful not to give a kind of uh, status quo uh, either pro-Republican or pro-Democrat knee-jerk reaction because that's way too predictable and it doesn't work anymore. You got to make sure your logic maps onto the situation well enough for your assertions to have high plausibility or else it's just spitting in the wind. It'll probably come back in your face. So like Elon, again, he is, he is uh, wily like a fox. And so wildly right now, we don't quite know him. We don't quite know uh, what he's up to. He could be the next major lever, lever, power lever in terms of censorship for the Antichrist system. He really could. He could be, he could, I mean, you know, imagine at a certain point, because everybody's on the matrix. Even now, you're listening to me and we're on the matrix we're not completely hardwired. We are in the cloud. And it could get shut down anytime. It could get blocked anytime. And you and I, you know, the Lilliputians on the ground wouldn't have any way of determining why, why our signal got cut, why our sound was cut down. You and I don't have the absolute tangible power of stopping the government from shutting down a platform, even this one here. We don't have that power. So, and, and we lost that, like we lost mo most of the control of our economics, our money. I was talking about this on Friday. Most of us have been conditioned never to see our money in our own phys physical control. We've all been conditioned to leave it in the bank and that's where it is and that's where it stays until we draft some of it through checks or credit cards or debit cards. and. What a way to control you. That's where we are today. Um, lots going on. Let me go to line number two. I'll get to Steve and Leslie after this break. But let me go to line number two and talk with David from Hayward. David, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Pastor. How are you? I'm great. What's going on? Give me give me the scoop on what went down on uh, Saturday. Oh, the rally was phenomenal. We had around like 50 to 60 people. Um, uh, a few people got to go inside, actually, when it went down. Um, it, it, it was phenomenal. The Epoch Times was there interviewing. Uh, also, the the San Francisco Chronicle I did an interview with them, and yeah. that went great. Actually, I saw the interview. I don't know if you saw it. Las Positas has their own newspaper, and there was a really, really good article in there with you uh, on it. And uh, I got it now. It's called The Express. And here's how portions of it read. I just want to read it. A group of about 50 people stood in the hot sun and protested at the Las Positas College uh, Library Arts Festival on May 13. A majority of the group had gathered to protest one of the festival's events, the drag queen story time for kids and kids at heart. However, some of the group was performing a counter protest in support of the event. We don't feel that children 
should be exposed to alternative sexual lifestyles. This is quoting you, David, uh, spokesperson from the Bay Area Against Mandate Organization and Drag Queen Story Hour. It should be it should be something for those who are over 18 years old. So their own Gazette, their own newspaper at the college actually did a really good presentation. I'm, 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 I'm very thankful for that because that's what that's what journalism should be stating the facts not inserting over excessively inserting their own political opinions so people can know what you actually said rather than propagandizing people. So that was super cool. Um, that was super cool. I'm glad you guys had a good turnout. I'm glad you guys got a chance to to make some news. This is what we have to do going forward. Not only small groups like you and and uh, and and the group that you and mom are are um, leading up, but it has to continue to grow. It has to be continually put out in uh, in the media, or else you know. Um, it's, it's a losing battle. We have to actually be able to get behind the microphones as you were able to do or in front of the cameras and be able to speak up and have free debate. Like I saw one line that stated that um, one of the young ladies had a sign that was uh, pro uh, trans and the sign stated um, we're here to um, protest against hate speech. Well, see, to me, I think that when they use that kind of term, they're exposing themselves to being hyper insecure because just because we disagree with you does not mean we hate you. So you want to shut down conversation because we disagree when disagreement should simply be the premise for debate, for ideas being fielded, for a dialogue taking place so that the people at the broader level of listening can determine whether or not your position is credible, whether or not your position is relevant, and whether or not your position is even socially legitimate. I mean, what do you think about that? 100%, yeah, we, we definitely need more people being able to just express their opinions. And I mean, it says a lot when, you know, uh, you know people are claiming that you're, fall into like fascist propaganda but yet they can't even hear your side or they can't even hear what you have to say so really interesting no well and fascism is really a ploy of a top-down methodology to convince people not to debate but to simply argue and this is something that we recognize is taking place this is just some divide and conquer methodology so when they say that they feel like it's okay for them to strut around with their tail out, uh, uh, you know, dressed in a suggested gender that doesn't correspond with reality uh, and making it overtly sexual, that because we disagree with it, we're being fascistic and, and nothing can be further from the truth. Everything is not free to be done. Everything must be tested, evaluated examined for legitimacy of existence, especially at the public level, if we want to thrive as a society. You know, we, we, we can't just sit up and let um, behavior be so crass and so unprincipled and so unhealthy and say nothing about it and call ourselves good men and women. We are not. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's really good what you guys did. Keep up the good work and, uh, and and continue to let us know when you guys are moving into other projects. OK. All right. Thank you, PJ.
All right, talk to you later. All right, you guys, it's the Monday edition of Lifeline. Got to take a break, pay some bills. Got one line open, one 888 Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. Don't judge based on the appearance, judge righteous judgment. And you and I have to know how to think deeply in order to judge righteously. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The time is 5.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We are speaking of all things socially challenging in our world today, particularly what's going on with the uh, transgender movement as another arm of the progressive agenda for the deconstruction of a worldview that honors God at the level of the Imago Dei, male and female. Um, just a remarkable, a remarkable time that we're in. But thankfully, we are still enjoying some civility around the ability of free speech to stand up and to articulate. And, and, and quite frankly, there are all kinds of battles that are being won at the public level. You won't hear it from the media because it's completely sold out. This is your Neo Pravda um, you know, Russian news news agency. Uh, I think Russia is actually telling more truth today than than your American media for so many reasons. But um, we're winning battles. There are all kinds of battles being won on the ground in the courts uh, over the uh, fiasco of COVID, the falsehood of COVID. As you guys know, uh, Rochelle Walensky is out now after backtracking and actually affirming all of the good doctors that were made heretics among us who were speaking out from day one. The truth has come out in those matters, and there's nothing you can do when the truth finally comes out, particularly after you kill it and damn it and uh, and call it heretical, and it still rises from the dead to be much more uh, scientifically accurate than you ever could have imagined initially. We could have saved ourselves a lot of misery, a lot of misery, had we really listened to the good doctors. This would have never been a pandemic ever. And it really wasn't one except a propaganda pandemic, which killed a lot of people economically, uh, emotionally, psychologically, way more, way more than the so-called virus did. It's horrible what happened. Let me go to line number. Um, I'm going to speak to females first. I'll, well, I don't even know. This may be a male. Leslie from Castro Valley. That's a kind of neutral gendered name. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Pastor Jesse? I am good. What's your thoughts today? Uh, well, I, I have a lot of thoughts. I uh, happened to be at the rally this past Saturday and um, just oh, felt good. very fortunate, as you have said many times today, that um, we still have the blessing of being able to speak freely. And um, for me, what was so exciting was to be on um, the same campus with um, people that are not like-minded, but that have a view that they're able to speak about their, uh, their gender uh, problems or gender ideas. And um, and to be able to share what our ideas are. And even though they were, um, you know, upset and, um, you know, 
over-exaggerated, that we, uh, you know, were hateful and that we hated them. Um, we stayed calm. Many people stayed very, very calm and relaxed, like uh, the rally was, um, you know, a peaceful rally, as the flyer uh, said. And... Uh, felt like it really, really went well that, um, uh, you know, for you, Pastor, uh, you had shared in your rules of engagement about that we don't always have to be right. Sometimes uh, listening is the best way to um, model um, our, our our best intentions. And so um, I, I just felt really blessed to do that. I think uh, the fact that we had uh, 50 people there, uh, all in conversation, having great conversation, um, not only with each other and other pastors in the area, but we were also speaking with uh, uh, the homosexual community as well as the uh, transgender and allowing them to speak in a way that they felt free. And and we, myself, um, did convey that, you know, we still have this opportunity to talk about it. And it's really important. So that's that's kind of my view. And I, and I think um, for me, what I really would like to see is more of this happening. Myself and my church, we're doing a town hall this next next coming weekend. Um, and I hope to see more people there. We're at RCI in uh, Pleasanton, uh, California, right there off of Owens, off Hop Yard. Yeah, what day is that? That is Saturday at 6 p.m., uh, between 6 and 8 p.m., and I'll be at your uh, gathering on uh, Saturday afternoon to do more rules of engagement and learn how to really uh, and um, have some dialogue that yes. is meaningful. <laughs> Excellent. Then I'll um, I'll promote a little bit of what you guys do, are doing with the um, with the townhouse uh, uh, t- uh, town hall meeting. Let me make an observation yeah. before I let you go because I really appreciate sure. what you're you're stating. What you were stating, Leslie, is really what would scare the Bedickens out of the globalist. If we could yeah. map this, if we could scale this behavior across the nation and the world where we can have dialogue mm-hmm. as we're learning in the rules of engagement. Dialogue does not have to be hostile. In fact, the nature of dialogue is engagement. It's not hostile mm-hmm. and antipathetic. It's not polarizing. That's what politics tries to do, polarize. We wanna have the conversation because we wanna hear their side fully because we want them to hear our side fully. Like you said, we don't have to agree but we must hear each other out. And and I do believe that when we are reasonable, and a lot of times they're not because they are driven by an emotion that is in allegiance to a um, presupposition that can be proven faulty. So a lot of times in argumentation, that whether that be a husband or a wife or whomever, if we're wrong at our premise, we will substitute uh, heat and anger and energy for truth 
And that that's kind of a giveaway. That's kind of begging the issue when you do that. But if we are if we're taking a position of being peaceful, thoughtful, respectful, balanced in the way we project our words and and share with people how we feel and what we think and what we believe, that's the best you can do in a free country. And then you let ideals prevail. This is what we got to map out going across um, you know, California, Northern California, full, all of California and across the nation, if we're going to recover our, a constitutional country of freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, kudos to all of you guys having done that because it can be done and we have to do it before it disintegrates into actual war. So thank you for the hard work on that end. God bless you. Thank you. Let me see here. Thank you, be- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.